Well, hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. As the saying goes, what a difference a week makes. As we have borders closed now and airlines cutting back on capacity, so we'll have more on the COVID-19 virus and its devastating effects on the travel industry. In fact, in a few moments, we'll chat with Dave Kaiser from the Alberta Hotel and Lodging Association on how the hotels are coping with all of this. And then we'll turn to some lighthearted topics, such as travel books and movies. Since we can't really go anywhere, the next best thing is to maybe read about your favorite destinations. So we'll talk with travel writer and author Jody Robbins about her book, 25 Places in Canada Every Family Should Visit, plus some of her other favorite travel books. And then later, we'll discuss the best travel movies to spark your wanderlust with the husband and wife team of adventure travelers and bloggers. They're known as Dave and Deb. They're also the founders of the website, theplanetd.com. So we'll chat with them about some of their favorite travel movies. But to start things off, as I mentioned, the COVID-19 pandemic has already had a devastating effect on the travel industry, especially the hotel industry. So to talk more about it, we've invited Dave Kaiser to join us. He is the president and CEO of the Alberta Hotel and Lodging Association. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are the uh, hotels coping with this COVID-19 crisis? Well, it's certainly a a difficult challenge. We're in kind of uncharted territory um, right now. Uh, Are there any uh, hotels uh, that are closed right now? Uh, there are. There's a, there's a handful, and I've, talk, I've been talking with, you know, our members and some owners across the province, and, and many are looking at uh, properties that they may close, and particularly um, ownership groups who may have more than one property in a in a in the same market. Uh, they'll look to consolidate uh, the business. Um, I can tell you, you know, in terms of impacts, what we're seeing is. Is occupancy uh, obviously falling off a cliff? I mean, it's as low as 10% in mm-hmm. many areas. Uh, and that's a result of so many cancellations. I started earlier with group cancellations, tour groups, meetings, conventions, and even sports teams. Up until last weekend, people were looking forward to that, and they just dropped off. Uh, obviously, companies are imposing uh, uh, restrictive travel policies, so the corporate business is uh, off. So, again, very dropped off dependencies, uh, food outlets, you know, if they're open, operating uh, obviously with the new protocols in place, liquor outlets closed, and lots of staff layoffs, I would suggest, you know, anywhere from 50 to 80% at many properties. So those those are, <laughs> and all of that, of course, is uh, creating a bit of a liquidity crisis with respect to cash flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just to be clear, when you talk about the hotel closures, it's not because of the uh, outbreaks or anything like that. It's, it's economic reasons, the fact that uh, no one's booking and they've got empty hotel rooms, correct? That's correct. Purely economic at this point. And, of course, then when the province announced new restrictions on pools and restaurants, that affected uh, hotels as well. They weren't just recreational pools uh, that are public. They're the ones that, uh, that are operated in uh, with uh, hotels as well, right? Yeah, all our, all our amenities are, you know, are under the same sort of uh, uh, rules that are being imposed right now. And what are the what do you think are going to be the lasting economic effects? It's one thing when the uh, you know disease subsides and s- things get somewhat back to normal, 
without any sort of assistance, our hotel is going to be able to jump back, just right back into where they were before? You know, I, I, we're not expecting that. Um, we, we may have some that don't recover at all. Um, you know, I think the other thing we're going to experience, particularly here in Alberta, is, is, is you know, the, a severe economic uh, hit here when the oil, with the oil pr- price collapse as well. So, um, you know, that, and I, and I think, you know, we're going to see people who, who their, you know, their, their financial well-being is, has been, um, you know, hit. And, and so, you know, things like travel and stuff tend to be a little bit more discretionary. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we firmly, and in terms of how people will view, view travel in general, we, we hope they, you know, things come back to normal, but uh, I think it will be a while for sure before uh, um, we we see the rec- you know uh, recovery to the point we are now. And and, and you know the the unique thing potentially here in our province was for our industry we were already in very tough times even before this hit mm-hmm. um, with with the Alberta economy and and we've had a lot of hotel um, building in the last few years that was based on better times and um, you know so this is just like you know, devastating at this time. And worst case scenario, the province also uh, announced too that, uh, again, worst case scenario, using hotels as quarantine facilities. Uh, any comments on that? Yeah, we're aware that uh, there are, there is legislation that uh, would, you know, where, where governments can, uh, you, you know, I guess take directive facility to be used for those purposes. So so we've, we've been in contact with government about that and we've asked them sort of for the, you know, what sort of information, instructions that uh, we can provide hotels that may be identified. Um, what I do know is, 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 you know, on some of the federal legislation, um, that in those cases, um, you know, our hotel staff wouldn't be dealing with, uh, obviously, the, the patients. Again, for us, uh, you know, if, if it comes to that, uh, we'll, we'll, our job is to ensure that hotels know what's expected of them and, um you know, hopefully, hopefully we don't get there. Well, hopefully we don't. Hopefully this all ends soon and we can uh, get back to uh, normal and uh, business as usual. Uh, Dave Kaiser is the president and CEO of the Alberta Hotel and Lodging Association. Their website, ahla.ca. Uh, appreciate your insight, Dave. Thank you. Thank you, Randy. Well, since we can't travel anywhere these days, we can always read about our favorite destinations or get some ideas on where to go when things do get back to normal. To help us out, we're joined by travel writer Jody Robbins. She is the author of the book 25 Places in Canada Every Family Should Visit. Her website is travelswithbaggage.com. Hi, Jody. Hi, Randy. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. I wish we could take a trip somewhere, but we can't. <laughs> I so, know. Yes. <laughs> uh, since we, uh, not you and I in particular, but we, since we can't travel anywhere, the next best thing is to read about it. So we're going to talk about uh, books that you can get lost in if you're in self-isolation or uh, any of those types of things. Let's start with uh, this one. I know the author, 25 Places in Canada Every <laughs> Family Should Visit. Uh, what inspired you to write this? You know, I was, you know, I, at the time, my daughter was younger, uh, she was in elementary school, and it sort of, I realized Canada's 150th birthday was coming up. Hmm. And I was thinking, you know, as a kid, we traveled around Canada, 
mostly. You know, that wasn't an age where families were taking all-inclusive vacations to the Caribbean. And so when I kind of took a little mental screenshot of what was going on, I'm like, you know, we don't really know our own country that well. So I did some research. and I'm like, there are zero books on the market addressing family travel in Canada. And as a travel writer, I'm fortunate enough to have been to many of those places. But it was the, you know, they gave me the impetus to travel with her to a lot of provinces and territories that we hadn't been to. Mm. Okay, well, there's 25 places. We're not going to run down all of them. But what are some (laughs) of the some of the highlights that or maybe off the beaten path? I mean, there's there's the ones that everyone can think about off the top of their head, but maybe there's some surprising ones. You know, yeah, certainly there are. There's areas like in Quebec, um, a lot of people might, you know, certainly it's, you know, you're going to fly into either Quebec City or Montreal. And both those are world-class cities with a lot going on. But if you veer just outside the cities, you know, you'll find a lot of hidden gems. So there's the Udaway region, which is also, you know, a lot of people refer to it as Gatineau, Mm -hmm. just across the river from Ottawa. And it has so much going on for families, truly year-round. Um, it's got this Park Omega, which is this lovely nature park where they have a lot of um, rescued animals. You can sleep in a cabin in a wolf sanctuary there. Um, so just a really fun, unique place for kids. There's a lot of caves. The largest cave in the uh, Canadian Shield is there. And, you know, caving is a great activity, I think, for families um, close to their home. By Calgary, we have Rat's Nest Cave out by Canmore. And caves typically remain this constant temperature of around five degrees. So it's perfect to do in the freezing winter because you'll actually be warmer in the cave. But it's also great to do in summer because it helps you to cool down. Mm-hmm. Well, so. I've never thought of that, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> makes so sense. Lots of things. <laughs> so Udaway <laughs> is one region that, you know, kind of surprised me, like so close to Ottawa, yet few people go sort of beyond the city. And they just have so many nature activities. It's crazy. And it's really reasonably priced. And I think that's key, you know, when families definitely have a budget. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that is that like one of the takeaways is that go beyond just outside the main areas and you might be surprised what you find. I think, yeah, yes and no, because there is certainly something to be said for city breaks. And it doesn't have to be a huge city, but cities like Regina are actually great for families. You know, their science museum is a $6 entry fee for kids. They've got a natural history museum, you know, um, I mean, it's not specifically called that but there's a there's so much going on in certain cities for Mm -hmm. families um winnipeg is another great example so it depends like are your kids you know i guess what are they into and as a family what are you into because it can't just you can't just always be catering to the kids right and you can't just do a holiday that caters to adults which i think we do as well you really have to find a place (laughs) that fits something for every member of the family. Mm-hmm. And then it's books like these that are kind of a starting point, and then you can do the Google and find what else is around there, right? That's just it. And one thing, one surprising thing that I'm so proud of with my book is I had a lot of, well, like several people tell me, they threw it on the coffee table, and then their kids just picked it up without being asked and were flipping through it. And there's a lot of great imagery in there and, you know, easy to read language. And the kids are like, oh, wow, this looks so interesting. Hey, mom, can we go to New Brunswick? Stuff like that. Yeah. I, I did not expect that to happen. So it's not just a book for parents. 
And especially now that we're doing all of this online learning and we're trying to keep kids active and busy, it's, it's not a bad idea to have kids um, read a travel book. It doesn't have to be mine. But it can, you know, there's so much with travel, right? It's just not uh-huh. just being interesting things. It's just also the history of the place and, you know, why it, why it speaks to you. And it speaks, you know, travel speaks to everyone differently. Mm-hmm. So that's the secret. Hey, just leave a book lying around and maybe your kids will pick it up. I, I, you know, I do that all the time. I used to um, buy a lot of <clears throat> art books for my daughter when she was younger. And if I said, oh, you have to read this art book, there's no way she would. But if I just would leave it on the coffee table open to an interesting page or even a cookbook, I'd leave mm-hmm. a cookbook lying around, flip it open to a recipe that secretly I wanted to make. But if I told her, OK, we're doing this project today, we're making scones. I'd probably get pushback. Yeah, exactly. But if she just happens to see it lying around, then <laughs> I think <laughs> they can take more of an interest in it. It'll make it their idea. It's exactly. my idea to go to New Brunswick or Regina or Winnipeg or wherever, right? Yeah, for uh, sure. So there's, yeah, there's those types of books to read, uh, your type of where it becomes sort of a destination guide type of a thing and how to plan uh, a vacation. Then there's the, just the novels where you can just get lost in a, in a book that uh, takes place at an exotic destination or any kind of destination. Uh, do you have some of those favorites? Yeah, I do. Um, I really, sort of one of, in recent history, the travel narrative book that really kicked it off was A Year in Provence by Peter Mayle. And that spun a lot of other ones, like um, Bella Tuscany by Francis Mays. And... Um, I mean, I'm drawn to Europe, so those books definitely interest me. Mm-hmm. But then there's other books that are just great, great fiction that take place in different destinations that really make you intrigued by it. So there's The Good Earth by Pearl S. Buck. I think that was written in the 50s. It's mm-hmm. about China. Memoirs of a Geisha. You know, that's a great book and takes you back to um, World War II years in Japan. And uh, so for, and for people who like, I don't know, more... I don't know what the right word is, but uh, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, um, you know, takes place in the Sahara Desert. And that book really, um, in the 90s, made me, you know, want to travel throughout Northern Africa. So I think, I think there's, there's lots of suggestions out there. Certainly there's so much resources available for us to find good books, mm. like on Goodreads and, uh, you know, other sites like that. Well, and again, that's the the cool thing, too. You don't have to actually physically go to a bookstore anymore to do this for people who are self-isolating right now. Uh, You can just go online and and search the thousands and thousands of books that are out there and just order them, and they're delivered to your door. No, that's great. Yeah, it's very true. And it's the same with my book. I remember my publisher talking to me about the the e-book price. And I was like, really? Are people going to get it as an e-book? Because it's essentially a guidebook. Mm -hmm. but do you really want to lug a guidebook around with you when you're on your holiday? <laughs> Very true, right? <laughs> Books and can get book, heavy. <laughs> yeah, and my book is sort of the book, like a Lonely Planet book, where you will read the section. You know, it's not meant to be read. You can for sure read it cover to cover, but I think most people will pick up a section that they're interested in, read that section, you know, put it away. Mm-hmm. So from that perspective, ebooks are great. Um, And another sort of another kind of book that I think is really interesting are there are certain um, iconic um, places and attractions in the world Mm -hmm. that have their own books. So, you know, we have this whole macaron phase going on where people love to eat their macarons. And who really kicked it off was Latteret, this um, patisserie in Paris. And so they have a book called Paris by Latteret. 
And I love that one because it's if you like our kind of um, patisserie, if you like our sort of style, then you'll probably like all our other recommendations for shops, hotels, restaurants, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Interesting. And I think, yeah, I think that is an interesting trend that we'll, we'll probably see more of. 25 places in Canada every family should visit. The author is Jody Robbins. You can find it on her website, travelswithbaggage.com. Always a pleasure to chat, Jody. Thank you. Thanks. Well, let's move from travel books to travel movies now, as in the best travel movies to spark your wanderlust. That's the title of a blog written by the husband and wife team of adventure travelers known as Dave and Deb. They're also the founders of the website theplanetd.com, and both join us now to chat more about movies. Hello, you two. Uh, Thanks for having us, Randy. Yep, we're both on the line from self-isolation here in Ontario, watching a lot of movies. Yes, well, exactly. And we were just saying before we got started here, this is a great time to uh, to do this because you don't have to go out and rent any movies. They're right there for you. Exactly, yeah. That's, that, that's sort of the beauty of it. You don't have to go out and get in touch with anybody or anything. You just sit home, throw them on a streaming service, and you're good to go. And since uh, some of us can't travel these days, uh, it's a good time to kind of binge watch. Maybe go back and, and look at some of these movies. So we're going to go down the list of the best travel movies to spark your wanderlust, and it is on your website, theplanetd.com. But uh, before we get down to the list, what makes a good travel movie in your mind? What has to qualify? I mean, every, every movie has a destination, right? Yeah, a travel movie is really about when it makes the destination the star. And I think that that's the thing. There's a lot of places that go on location. It's sort of why I give the Bourne movies and uh, uh, James Bond movies like honorable mentions in our post. But a travel movie is where it really makes the destination the star and the uh, actors wander through it showcasing the beauty of the scene. Mm-hmm. Well, these aren't in any particular order, are they? They're just... They're Random. not in any particular order because I always think that movies are subjective. So we just wanted to put uh, the ones that we kind of wrote it as they, they came to mind. Cool. So, yeah. Well, the one that does think- come to mind, even for someone like me who, you know, there's, I wouldn't call myself a, a, an expert in watching movies. But Out of Africa is obviously the one I think a lot of people, would, if you talk about travel movies, uh, that comes to mind, right? You know, it, it really is one of the great ones, Meryl Streep. You can't go wrong with her and her and Robert Redford. They're in Kenya, which is one of our favorite destinations on Earth. And the great thing about Out of Africa is the beauty of Kenya really hasn't changed much. There's the sweeping views of the plains, of, of all of the African savanna, and uh, it really captures it. And Dave, Dave and I always say whenever we leave Africa, we always leave a little piece of our heart in Africa. And when you watch this movie, you, you understand why. Mm-hmm. Well, seven accounts. Academy Awards speaks for you itself. You know, Meryl Streep, she's the master. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, it's a, I think it's one of those movies that does a perfect job of really showcasing the backdrop. It's a great story to begin with and a great script, but uh, the ba- I don't think it would have had as much of effect had it not been set against the backdrop of Kenya. Mm-hmm. And, and these movies aren't all seven Academy Award winners. Are there some, that, some on here, uh, Dave, perhaps, from a guy's perspective that said, yeah, this is a pretty good one, too? 
Yeah, I mean, like for me, like I would say, even this this is my favorite movie on the list is definitely One Week, and I, I don't think a, I don't know if a lot of people have seen that. I mean, it's a very Canadian movie, which is I think is quite appropriate. Um, and you know, it's Joshua Jackson who gets diagnosed with terminal cancer, and he takes a road trip on a motorcycle from Ontario all the way out to Tofino, and uh, really stops at all like lots of different highlights within Canada, and it really showcases the beauty of our country. Uh, as well as uh, tying it to uh, an incredible story as well. Mm -hmm. I have seen that, and it is really good. What I love about it is it has a sad uh, premise, but it's quite funny, and uh, I love that. And, you know, Gord Downey makes an appearance in it, uh, which I really love the fact from the Tragically Hip. Uh, If you're Canadian and you're at home, watch this movie right now. You'll be really proud of our country. Mm -hmm. Okay, one that's on this list, and I'm sure you know what I'm I'm talking about. Uh, Star Wars, we can't travel to space, or not yet anyways. I guess the technology's (laughs) there, but it costs a lot of money to do it. Uh, How come this one made the list? This one made the list, and I know that I say that it's about going to a destination, and it's because... uh Star Wars in the final trilogy where Luke Skywalker is holed up, you know, being his uh, Jedi in basically quarantine, <laughs> just like we are now. He's on one of the most incredible destinations in Ireland known as Skellig Michael, and I'll let Dave go on. Yeah, it's uh, it's actually an island that is located uh, just off the, uh, I believe it's the west coast of Ireland, and uh, it's uh, it has these incredible formations of these beehive huts. It's very very unique. I've not seen anything like it before, and I think that the the you know one of the reasons they chose that is because you know with Star Wars, all the landscapes are very much uh, very exotic and very different, and it's kind of cool to see them showcase something that is not like digitally enhanced like mm-hmm. this. This place actually exists, and we've, we've been there, and it really is just as amazing as it looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, one that's on this list, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, I've seen this. Um, I'm going to say it's not the best movie out there, but just for the fact yeah, that the resort in Oahu that they're there is really nice. It totally made us want to go to this resort, and I remember when we were in Oahu, we took a helicopter flight, and we were so excited when we flew over it that we were like, that's where Sarah, Forgetting Sarah Marshall was filmed. And I think that they do a fun job capturing the laid-back vibe of Hawaii. It's a great destination for Americans to escape, and Canadians, of course. Um, you just feel like you're going to a different country when you visit there. Mm-hmm. And if you have some problems, if you have a breakup, I think it's a great place to escape. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess yeah, if, if you're going to go uh, drown your sorrels or, or whatever, uh, that's a good place to do it, right? <laughs> yeah. And I think you make a good point about uh, travel movies and TV shows as well. I think that's the kind of thing that's it's really cool. But when you do go visit these places, it, it kind of kicks back to uh, things you've seen on TV and, and in movies, right? Yeah, and I think that's I think that's one of the things that I that, that I love about movies is that they they, they can spark that um, that reminder of it when you're there, but they can also inspire you to go to the destination. So if you see things like something like you know if you take Secret Life of Walter Mitty for example, you know he goes to all different uh, places around the world, you know like Greenland, Afghanistan, uh, the Himalayas, but most of that was actually filmed in Iceland. So you know you can you can get inspired to go to Iceland. And go, oh, I want to go there. I 
I want to go there. And, you know, you can find out, look it up, see where it was actually filmed, and then head there and go to the same locations, mm-hmm. you know, that the place was filmed. I, I love using movies as inspiration. We've done it for years. Mm-hmm. Well, and you get to another point, too, now. A lot of tour companies are offering uh, tours to places that were used as uh, set locations. I'm thinking of... Lord of the Rings uh, and yes. Game of Thrones. Thank They're you. <laughs> Thank you. Great ones for that. And we've, we're, we're, we love movies. We used to work in the film industry, and we have done the Lord of the Rings tours down in New Zealand, and we have totally dressed up as Jon Snow in Northern Ireland and gone to Westeros and wielded our swords. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to throw another uh, movie that's been around for a long time, uh, Romancing the Stone. That's a good one. I love Romancing the Stone. Well, I, I, I originally wrote this post years ago, and that was the first one that came to mind. And uh, there's a line that I always think about Kathleen Turner saying, come to Cartagena with me. And it just sounded so <laughs> romantic. And I, ever since I was a teenager, when I first saw it, I have wanted to go to Cartagena. And the sad thing is, as a world traveler, Dave and I have been to over 100 countries, I have yet to go to Cartagena. <laughs> That's funny, right? <laughs> I think I just want to keep that romance alive about it. <laughs> maybe we'll watch that movie while we're in self-isolation and maybe make that our next destination. Well, that, that's just it, right? If, if you are in isolation, can't travel anywhere, this is a, a, a time to do sort of a list of, hey, this is a... Because things will get back to normal, right? And so you can kind of make your list of places to go. Make a bucket list. That's another one that's on here. That was a good movie. Yeah, I think that movie inspired uh, a lot of people. Their performances are amazing, but I think the the message of getting out there, live your life, you know, make sure you live with no regrets. I think the message behind that is probably the most important thing. And I'm pretty sure the term bucket list wasn't even around. We used to call it life list and inspiration or something I want to do. Yeah, it was uh, Morgan Freeman saying it to Jack Nicholson. I, I got to get it before I kick the bucket. And I think it's just perfect, you mm-hmm. know, get out there and live your life before we all are not here any longer. Exactly. Any, <laughs> uh, any movies on here that really uh, stuck out that I might have missed? Ooh, um, something that I really think a lot of people that captures it perfectly is Lost in Translation. Now, maybe a lot of people don't know the, this, but Scarlett Johansson is in it. Um, you know, everybody knows her from, from all of the Marvel movies, of course. But her and Bill Murray are in Japan, and Dave and I were recently in Japan last year. This is an older movie, but it's still, Japan's still quirky. It's amazing, and it captures the, the strangeness of being in another country. And it's downtown Tokyo, and we traveled around to a lot of the destinations and, that were in the movie, and we were like, oh, my God, we're sitting at the top of the Hyatt looking out going, Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson had a drink here, and it's pretty cool. <laughs> How about and you, Dave? One more that people shouldn't miss is definitely a Midnight in Paris. I really love that. We're huge fans of the city of Paris. We've been back numerous times, but I think just that movie captures old Paris and, and sort of what it was like back in the 1920s and just, had, you know, watching Owen Wilson walking through there and, you know, the old streets of Paris. You can definitely relive that when you go to the city, and I just I can watch that movie over and over again. Well, there's uh, certainly lots of uh, movies to choose from. The best travel movies to inspire Wanderlust. You can find it on Deb and Dave's website, theplanetd.com. It was a pleasure chatting uh, about movies. It was fun. Thanks, Deb and Dave. Likewise. Thanks thanks a lot, Randy. Thanks for having us. And that is this week's Informed Traveler podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, take a minute, rate the show, leave us a review, and tell a friend about the podcast. And if you want to drop me a line, 
My email address is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler, or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.